This is part two of session 72. Let's talk about vital energies and consciousness over mind. I'll explain what that means. Let's begin. In the first part of this session, we talked about psychic greeting again. I know it's, uh, it's an important topic that goes along with the rest of the raw material now and then. So we just better get used to the conversation and questions about this. I'm actually surprised that they continue to do this. They're very foolish or brave or both or neither. <laughs> it's just who they were to continue doing this despite the uh, the dangers, of course. And that's the sacrifice, of course, as well of the the triad of Eleanor Research, Don, Carla, and Jim. So thank you guys. In any case, we talked about that. We explored a little bit the negative contacts and some of those um, details. So I won't elaborate on that. It's um, I think it ended pretty well. Here we're going to start talking about, I think it's vital energies, the first topic. And then I'll get into what I meant at the beginning with consciousness over mind, which is, again, it's my bias of interpretation, but um, you'll see why it matches perfectly with what Ra says at the end of this session. So no big introduction. We're picking up from the last question that I covered, which was question nine. Uh, actually, you know what? I will reread question nine. Just remember that Ra simply said, yes, this is true. And I'm going to read it because it's such a simple uh, question. It's phrased um, um, pretty long, but it's um, I'll just make a, a summary of it and and tell you why I wanted to repeat it. Don is asking in question nine, everything that we experience with respect to this contact, our distortion toward knowledge in order to serve the Orion entity's distortion toward the attempt to reduce the effectiveness of the service, all of this is a result of the first distortion, as I see it. Meaning that everything that is happening right now is a result of the first distortion, right? Free will. Uh, including the Orion group doing what it's doing. It's a very perceptive part of Don asking this question. And he continues to say, in creating totally free, in creating totally free atmosphere for the creator to become more knowledgeable of itself through the interplay of its portions, one with respect to another. And then he asked if that was correct. Like I said, is it's phrased long, but basically what Don is saying here is I see that everything that is happening, including the Orion entity attacking us and us wanting to know more about the creator and this whole drama is the creator wanting to know itself. I mean, he puts it as uh, we are creating a totally free atmosphere for the creator to become more knowledgeable of itself. The language, again, is it's a limitation for us to grasp 
that there are no us and the creator, that there is only the creator. I, I cannot use language in any other better way than Don did because we have to create this, um, the story of us and the creator and parts and aspects of it where there is only one, there is only one thing. So in essence, it's like characters in your dream trying to tell each other, we are all one. <laughs> We're all in one mind. You know, everything is being created by one intelligence. That is the mind of the dreamer. You see, but it's kind of difficult. So that's what this question is. In essence, I, I see that the potential of this question is to say, relax, you know, everything that's happening, you know, it's all one being and it's not a separate being from us. It's only that we need to differentiate the perception of us, the ego, the one, uh, the one that wants something out of the creation. You know, we need to dissolve that view in order to see the one uh, creator, to see from the one creator. It's like being within the dream. This is what awakening is. It's not about knowing the elite. <laughs> it's not about knowing that metaphysics exists and that there is a positive and negative pole of uh, energies and so on. All of these is science. You know, science is not awakening, you see. Um, even though we call the enlightenment time of the um, 16 and 1700s and so on. But anyhow, I digress. Um, all right, so I just wanted to emphasize that because I think it's a beautiful way to begin this and always to remind ourselves that there is only the creator doing all of this. We are, what we are is the experience of the creator. It's a thought of the creator. So with that introduction, I can begin with the first question I have for this new video on session 72. Question 10, Don says, in the last session, you mentioned that if the instrument used any of the increased vital energy that she experiences now for the physical activity, she would pay a harsh toll. Apologies for the uh, unnecessary quote there. Should be a singular quote. Could you tell me the nature of that harsh toll and why it would be experience? So, uh, vital energy, using vital energy for the physical activity, harsh toll. What do you mean, Ra? Ra says, the physical energy level is a measure of the amount of available energy of the body complex of a mind-body-spirit complex. The vital energy measurement is one which expresses the amount of energy of being of the mind-body-spirit complex. So. Let's get into context here. Uh, what are all these physical and vital energies? We've talked about them. Physical energy belongs to this physical manifestation. So our electromagnetic field even includes, is included here because it's part of the physical radiation of, and it's measurable. Uh, so all of this is part of the physical energies. Um, I strongly associate physical energy at least the aspect of it because it's not independent it's all one thing it's not like the positive and the negative are independence you cannot find them independently from each other right um, 
they seek each other and that's where they become one so here we have the physical is uh, it's the body how do you take care of your body this is why diet is important exercise is important uh, having a flexible body is important uh, all of these things are necessary to have a very strong physical energy you know it's required for this reality uh, it's not that there is a standard and that everybody should be doing physical exercises and eating properly and so on I don't wish at all to ever sound like I'm I'm preaching somehow what it should be I'm just saying what it is you know physical energy is related to that some people actually don't care about their body and I'm talking about even spiritual people who are uh, very um, uh, very uh, spiritual you know and they just they don't care for eating and to taking care of the body and they they're skinny you know and that's fine so I'm not saying that it's um, it's a good or a bad thing I think we're beyond that <laughs> <laughs> I was actually told once by somebody, um, she doesn't understand non-duality, of course. Uh, although she attempts to, um, to, to view reality from the metaphysical lens, which is limited, of course. Just like the physical uh, scientific lens is limited. Uh, but she told me that um, in, her, uh, in her fear, she expressed that non-dual people become skinny and that they neglect their bodies and so on um, this is a stereotype that obviously doesn't apply I mean look at Aaron Apke and if I can include myself there uh, both of us are actually pretty um, uh, we enjoy our bodies a lot you know physical uh, training and non-duality is our mana, you know, it's our, it's the nectar of our lives. Uh, so, you know, it's, <laughs> I just find that interesting how people stereotype. Um, it, it's interesting the, the, the mental functions of and biases of the human, you see, because these biases, I can see it, you know, against, let's talk about black people or uh, anybody who wasn't Roman or, you know, these, these are stereotypes that are created and say, oh, you know, this just anything. It could be race, it could be a language, it could be um, intellectual, it could be anything. But we tend to create a stereotype and say, oh, you know, you have to, you have to be aware of um, Spanish people because I don't know they they like to eat too much <laughs> I don't know what the stereotype is for Spanish people um, so yeah we dance we dance a lot <laughs> uh, I don't know but yeah there's always a stereotype that doesn't understand the full scope of it and yeah you know thinking that physical energy or you know if you're too obsessed you know with physical energy which can happen but you know, if you're too much into your body, then you're a narcissist because you... No, taking care of your body is just... I mean, if, if you feel called for it. Carla didn't feel called for it. And we'll we'll talk about this. Uh, but that's the physical energy. 
uh, it's a measure of the amount of available energy of the body complex of a mind-body-spirit complex. So remember that there's a mind complex, a body complex, and a spirit complex. So we thank God Rod didn't say this, but yeah, mind-body-spirit complex. And so the body complex of a um, of any entity, right? Us, that's the physical energy. The vital energy, on the other hand, is a measurement in um, the whole expression of the energy of being of the mind-body-spirit complex. So it's a summation, right? Of the mind complex, the body complex, and the spirit complex. And I, I equate it to the desire to live, you know, that passion to live, to wake up and um, just want to do things. Of course, the mind has a lot to do with this. Your spirit obviously energizes the whole thing. So it's a combination of all these three things, the vital energies that are available. Um, I actually consider myself to be overly mental in the sense of mental activity. So I know that I spend a lot there, uh, but that's just me. So let's go on. Ra continues and says, this entity has great distortions in the direction of mind complex activity, spirit complex activity, and that great conduit to the creator, the will. Therefore, this instrument's vital energy, even in the absence of any physical reserve measurable, is quite substantial. So, more context here. Let's talk about Carla. Carla has great distortions in the direction. Let me clarify the word distortion here again, because I know it's uh, sometimes um, misperceived as distorted in the sense of something is perfect and then it gets distorted. Uh, it's wrong. No, the only perfection is infinity. Infinity gets distorted into uh, finite portions of itself, right? The colors are distortions of pure light. There you go. So it's not a bad thing. It's just a distortion towards, I don't know, uh, my, I don't have something, whatever. My phone case has a distortion towards blue, blueness. See, that's a distortion. Um, it neglects other colors to reflect blue or it absorbs other colors and reflects blue. How about that? So Carla had great distortions in the direction of mind complex activity. So a preference towards complex activity, uh, mind, mind activity and spirit activity. And the will, a lot of the will, which is the great conduit to the creator. Yes, you only channel the creator when your will is directed towards something. So <laughs> you're always channeling the creator, but where is your will directed? That's a good question. We all have it directed towards different things and thank God for that. Thank the creator for that. <laughs> Therefore, this instrument's vital energy, even in the absence of any physical reserve measurable is quite substantial because yes, she had a strong mental and spiritual activity towards um, the creator, towards life, towards everything. And so you can see here how vital energies can be very strong even in the absence of physical energy. This is quite appropriate for the stereotype, according to my friend, who um, believes that um, 
you know, all yogis and non-dual people are uh, distorted towards low physical energies and so on. But yeah, the, the yogi is very, uh, that, that yogi, it's not all yogis, of course, that yogi, that stereotypical uh, yogi, apparently, according to my friend, um, that has very little uh, physical energies. Well, that's possible, but it has a very strong vital energy towards living because it appreciates life from its mind and spiritual uh, complexes. Let's continue on. Don finishes, uh, Ra finishes, not Don. Says, however, the use of this energy of will, mind and spirit for the things of the physical complex causes a far greater distortion in the lessening of the vital energy than would the use of this energy for those things which are in the deepest desire and will of the mind-body-spirit complex. In this entity, these desires are for service to the Creator. This entity sees all service as service to the Creator. And this is why we have cautioned the support group and the instrument itself in this regard. All services are not equal in the depth of distortion. The overuse of this vital energy is to be literal, the rapid removal of life force. Interesting. All right, several things. Uh, this is answering Don's question specifically when they say that the use of this energy, will, mind, and spirit, which Carla had in great uh, proportions. Now, all of this use for the physical complex causes a far greater distortion in the lessening of the vital energy. It's like, um, yeah, using your mind alone to, uh, this is probably a very crude example, but let me go to the physical because this is where they're going here. Um, I will lift or run or, um, yeah, any lift or run, lift weights, run for with my mind alone I'm just going to use my mind alone for doing all of this if you're distorted towards that then you will find that it's going to be very draining in your body you have to take care of your body you can't use your mind or your will or your spirit for that matter to become stronger say or I'm going to use my body just to use another example I'm going I'm going to do yoga <laughs> probably a very uh, appropriate example here. I'm going to do yoga to become very spiritual. You know, that yoga that is um, taught in the Western world in which Krishnamurti, Jiddu Krishnamurti, one of my favorite philosophers, I love that man, um, used to say, you should call this yoga, he was a Hin uh, Hindu, of course, um, an Indian actually, he wasn't Hindu. Um, <laughs> he said, we should just call it exercise, physical exercise. It has nothing to do with yoga. <laughs> he was very emphatic when he talked about these things. You can see it in his expression. So yeah, uh, doing yoga, I'm very spiritual. <laughs> I've heard people say this, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a yogi. I'm like, oh yeah, what do you do? I do yoga exercises. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I guess that's being a yogi in the Western sense. It's being, um, 
you know, very mindful of your movements. You can't do that. That won't make you any, any more spiritual, <laughs> you see? So, yeah, it, it, it'll greatly distort people too, saying I'm, I'm a yogi because I'm very mindful of my movement. I'm very spiritual. I, all right, even that is saying too much. I'm very spiritual. Nobody who says it's spiritual is spiritual or knows anything about spiritual. You know, uh, the Brahman is unknown to those who know it and known to those who know it not. Right? That's exactly fitting here. So, you cannot use, I mean, you can, but you will incur great distortions. That's, that's why they caution Carla not to uh, overuse this in, you know, for her physical energies. So this entity, these desires, oh, and they also say that, um, yeah, it's, um, it'll cause a greater distortion and lessen the vital energy than it would to be, to use these energies towards the deepest desires and will of the mind-body-spirit complex, meaning that not for the physical, but if you use it for its proper um, use of your desires, you know, what you want, of course, that's fitting for the mind and the spirit, then it would be helpful. Um, so, um, I forget what the English is. I won't even go to that. Uh, this entity sees all service as service to the creator. Okay, that's true. Uh, that was Carla's direction of will and what she wanted to do. And this is why we have cautioned the support group and the instrument itself in this regard. All services are not equal in the depth of distortion. That's an interesting phrase. Uh, all services are not equal in depth of distortion. So, they're not equal in depth of distortion. So, in preference, if your preference is on one uh, direction, then your service is going to be equal to that intensity, but it won't be, um, it's difficult to explain. Yeah, the depth of the distortion or preference obviously is a predilection of the person, right? So that depth of distortion is not the same in different um, desires. So for example, going to this example, the desire for Carlo to have a strong body did not correlate with her um, desire to take care of her body. You see? So there is, a, it's not equal, you know, it doesn't matter how much you desire your service, you know, to have, to go towards having a strong body. If it doesn't match your innate desire to be strong, then it's not equal. You see, these services are not equal in the depth of distortion. There is a lack, it's, it's in Carla it was kind of shallow, her desire to have a strong body. And this is really, you know, an inner thing. You have to find how is it that you want to have a strong body. I am of the belief that Carla could have had a stronger body, uh, but she didn't, and that's okay. You know, just like um, anybody could. Um, but, you know, that made her what she is. And 
that's that's perfectly fine but it is to try to become something that you're not that makes you kind of distorted in um in a lessening of vital vital energy i hope that makes sense the overuse of this vital energy is to be literal the rapid removal of life force yeah that's perfect you see the overuse of this vital energy so whatever you desire to do in this case carla wanted to be of service of pure service to the creator in the spiritual sense to use that into uh, overuse that for the body can be a rapid removal of the life force because it's going against her own innate preferences of what the body should be and in fact if you read carla's or you know about carla's life you notice that she actually became much more uh in harmony with her body she had a very uh crippled body fingers uh walking she it's amazing what she did for how long 70 something years i think and all of this with a very limited body so you know you come in harmony with that i guarantee you that her vital energies were pretty much balanced so let's move on Don says in question 11, you mentioned that the large amount of light is available. The, the large, that the large amount of light is available. I guess he means that light that they were channeling. Could I buy, or this group by proper ritual, use this for recharging the vital energy of the instrument? So this is the light I'm supposing that Ra mentioned that they were channeling, that light that they attract with this channeling and desire of service. And Ross says, this is correct. However, we caution against any working which raises up any personality. Rather, it is well to be fastidious in your working. Follow-up question to that. Question 12, Don says, could you explain what you mean by raises up any personality? You see, I did the quotes perfectly well there. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> uh, Ross says, clues we may offer. Explanation is infringement. We can only ask that you realize that all are one. This is actually beautiful. I would like to um, speculate and interpret a little bit this. You see, Don is asking, well, uh, of course, Don was interested in making Carla as healthy as possible and, of course, being able to uh, sustain, you know, the the demands of the channeling by any means necessary but by any means necessary can incur in that um you know um all of this justifies the means you know whatever method uh, justifies the means not really um so he's thinking about this light right in the last video i think it was in the last video i talked about this that Ra calls it um this attraction of light right we talked about the attraction of this light that also attracts its opposite yes it was last video and i think <laughs> don't trust my memory uh, this light that they attract this has a very important um energy 
right? And so Don is saying, this light that we attract, can we use it to recharge the vital energy of the instrument? And now Ra has to say that this is correct, right? They say, this is right. However, we're going to caution you against working, uh, any working that raises up a personality. Rather, it is well to be fastidious in your working. So what are they suggesting? They're suggesting that you don't increase the value of the personality of anybody, of yourself or anybody else. For example, you become very self-centered. Me, my big personality, I channel raw, I do this, I do that, you know. Uh, uh, we are important people because we're doing this. That, that's just, um, what's the word I can use here? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna call it spiritually cringe. <laughs> How about that? Um, that's what it is. It's just like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, your personality. It stinks. So yeah, nothing that raises your personality, but rather it is, um, it is important that you are fastidious with your work, meticulous, uh, very particular. You know, just be uh, disciplined with what you do. Don't get caught up with what radiates out because you're going to become, yeah, well, narcissist in the sense of Narciso or Narcissus who looked at its reflection, oh, so in love with himself. That's the story of Narcissus, right? So don't, don't do that. It's cringe. <laughs> for a lot of us, so don't do that. Uh, rather, just be disciplined with whatever it is that's coming out, you know, whatever it is that you are, it's just so beautiful. You see, what attracts, what really attracts me from anybody uh, is their own spontaneity, who they are, and how much they can laugh about themselves. <laughs> that is just beautiful. I love it, you know, and I'm sure we love it from other people. Is what we love in children, right? We look at children and children are just, they don't have a personality, they don't even know they are radiating this. They're just being themselves. And they do some questionable stuff for us in our social standards, you know, with ugly things and nasty things and the words they repeat from us. <laughs> we just laugh, you know, because we know that they're not retaining this. They, they don't hold this personality. You know, some adults get freaked out and say, oh my God, he's gonna become like this. No, they're not. But you know what I mean. So don't race any personality is what Ra is saying. Then of course, Don is like, whoa, what do you mean by that? And says, haha, clues we may offer, explanation is infringement. Um, <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta give some uh, picturesque quality to Ra here. They just, <laughs> Clues we may, we may offer. Explanation is infringement. <laughs> ah, what a beautiful um, social memory complex. <laughs> okay, so they say we can only ask that you realize that all are one. Yes, indeed. What does that mean? Just intellectually say we're all one? No. If you realize that we're all one, then you don't exist. So why would you become enamored? <laughs> 
<laughs> with yourself. You see, there's no possibility. Because for you to be infatuated with your own self, then you have to believe that you stand out from reality. You are uh, an actual self, <laughs> an independent agent of this universe. Uh, no, if you realize that all is one and you live from all is one, then you don't exist. So silence is what ensues. <laughs> it all ties in perfectly. All right, let's move on. Oh my God, I went away. Uh, yes, here, there we go. Question 13, Don says, we have included Shin in the banishing ritual. Yod e vawe to make it Yod e Shin vawe. Is this helpful? Ra says, this is helpful, especially to the instrument whose distortions vibrate greatly in congruency with this sound vibration complex. All right, pretty quick. Uh, where's my friend Brian, who is going to hopefully make a comment on this? Um, I believe this Yodes in Vawe is related to the enunciation of the Hebrew God, Yahweh. Um, it's uh, We know about Yahweh here. Uh, we've explored the Orion uh, makeshift <laughs> Yahweh. <laughs> how they pretended to be Yahweh and the social memory complex Yahweh, which is the one that transferred from Mars and all of this thing, uh, quarantine, so on. Um, so I don't wish to invoke all of that uh, conversation. I really don't care about that. Uh, but what is important here is that within the ritual, including this was important, the banishing ritual. This is the one that, if I remember correctly, they would do some uh, lesser pentagram um, movements and then they would invoke different archangels. I do remember them being Raphael, Gabriel, that's me, uh, Michael, and I know I'm in Spanish, Uriel. Uriel, I guess, is right? I think those are the four. And then they do other stuff that I'm not familiar with. I just remember the names because I like them. And yeah, so they included that in there. So you see, they're starting to um, change the ritual. Oh my God, no, they're changing the ritual. It's not gonna be effective. You see, Ra's answer is very enlightening when they say, well, this is helpful, especially to the instrument whose distortions vibrate greatly in congruency with the sound vibration complex. Now, include this in a shamanic Peruvian uh, ritual and they're going to say, meh, I don't know what that means. Sounds cool, sounds funny, sounds good, sounds, has a nice ring to it, but it doesn't mean anything to us. Um, it's uh, It could be, but probably not as much as somebody who has a devotion towards this. So, um, Kabbalah people, I'm sure, this would be greatly um, important because they ascribe a lot of importance to this. So, uh, yeah, once again, it's just to reiterate, I guess, my previous interpretation or um, reflection in that the rituals in and of themselves, they carry a sort of significance because of 
the collective consciousness that we have created a sort of importance to us, some magnificence to it. But in and of themselves, they don't have nothing. They need to be invoked by a strong desire, you know, a strong devotion. So you see, to me, Jesus has a very different connotation than for a Christian would be. And, you know, we both invoke Jesus and we say, yeah, you know, just pure love, man. You know, Jesus was just that pure love. And you invoke that and it just rings within yourself. You know, it vibrates within yourself differently. So, but again, if you tell Jesus to an African tribe, they may say, sounds cool, but it doesn't vibrate anything historically inside me. So... You get the idea. You create your own ritual. Hmm. Build your own rituals. Do it yourself kind of thing. I don't know. I digress. Let's go. Question 14. Don says, We will in the future have group meditations as our Sunday night meditations. I am concerned in protection for this instrument if she is once more a channel in these is there an optimum time or limiting amount of time for the banishing ritual to be effective or if we continually daily purify the place of working that we use for the sunday night meditation with the banishing ritual with this carry over for long periods of time or must the ritual be done immediately prior to the meditations um Ross says, your former assumption is more nearly correct. I'm going to uh, elaborate a little bit on this because I have my own opinion as to what this means. Now, look at the, look at the question that Don asks. We're talking about ritual, preparation, protection, and to feel within that energy field, right, of protection. Okay, what does that mean? So Don says, uh, I'm concerned because we're going to do more meditations and we want her to be protected, basically. Is there an optimum time or limiting amount of time, you know, the length of time in which the ritual will be effective? And um, yeah, so he's, he's asking about that. So he asked a couple of things. First, the, the whole premise is, is there a limiting amount of time for the banishing ritual? If I do it now, do I have an hour? Do I have a week? Do I have a month? Is it forever? What's the point? You know, what's going on here? And he says, if we continually, daily purify the place of working that we use for Sunday night meditations, would this carry, on, uh, carry over for long periods of time? Meaning that if we do it every day, you know, is this going to somehow, and I think that Don is seeing it as a sort of, uh, you know, like spraying Fabrice in your house. <laughs> How long is it going to stay? Uh, I have no idea why I thought about Fabrice, <laughs> but that's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, but right, you know, you could be spraying anything uh, or burning incense. You know, how long does it carry over for? Uh, because your house will inevitably have that smell, right? You will, even if you oh, haven't Febreze or burn incense in a week or so, but you can still get a faint, uh, you know, essence of it. 
So is that more important or doing it right before the meditations? In our process, your former assumption is more nearly correct, which is that um, prior to the meditations. Now, what's the deal here? Um, I believe that the more you burn incense, of course, your house will always have that particular um, uh, smell or essence. You, you'll have a faint, you know, you enter a house and you clearly smell what's going on there. <laughs> sometimes it's a mess, sometimes it's food. It's a very food productive house. You know, that's, uh, that's not my house, most baking. Yeah, Julie likes baking, so there's a faint smell of baking lingering in the environment. Oh, it's awesome too. Um, or your grandma's house. What does your grandma house smell like? It smell old, smell like old furniture or whatever. You know, all of these things, right? So in, in the same way, I'm using a very childish uh, analogy here, but hope you get the point. Uh, if you do this ritual, yes, your energy in the house will continue to be. However, for maximum protection, which is what Don wants, you better do it right away. Now, this is not that you're invoking things that are protecting you. It's your own resonance that you feel protected. And you say, well, nothing's going to happen to me because, listen, I just did all this jazz. And you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, I feel great. Now, you see, I will raise my hand and say rituals are not necessary. Okay, meaning that we are ritualistic by what we do anyways. So if you design a lifestyle in which you're simply in love with life and you don't need protection for anything because you feel one with everything, which is my, my goal with this teachings and this interpretations and everything that I do is trying to bring this simple and pure essence of knowing that you are everything. You are the one creator. You see? So if you can live with that, you don't need rituals. You don't need balancing. You don't need anything. Whatever. You know, you're just living life. People get upset, you know. Oh, how dare you say that? We're here in sufferance. <laughs> We're here to uh, go through the trials. I actually got fundamentalist people who I never thought were fundamentalists in metaphysical views tell me this like what you're saying is that we shouldn't be doing any work we shouldn't be doing anything uh, that's the devil sort of thing they didn't say the devil but that's what they meant it's the same thing and i said yes <laughs> that's what i'm saying call it the devil if you want um but that's what i believe i mean i believe it's cognitive dissonance to say i am one with the universe yet i am so distorted and fragmented meaning I, I need so much healing. It's not true. You only need healing if you think you need it. I hope that makes sense because it's very contradictory to our Western mentality of doing, 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 doing. We must accomplish. We must become. I must improve myself. There's no need for that. Only if you say so. <laughs> and there's only need for that if you say so because that's your game. And it's okay. You know, I'm not saying it's wrong. Oh, Gabe says I should feel perfect. No, if you feel a mess, then feel a mess. Enjoy feeling a mess. There's nothing you can do about it, right? There's no you to do anything about it. So 
Why bother? Just enjoy it. <laughs> uh, it's so f funny. It's funny in the end. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about spirituality and laughing. Should I be doing that? Question 15. Don says, is there any danger in the Sunday night meditations with the precautions we are taking of the instrument being led away by the Orion entity? You can see Don is con completely concerned. All the channeling is going around this topic. And you can understand that. Ra says, as an answer, the opportunities for the Orion entity are completely dependent upon the instrument's condition of awareness and readiness. We would suggest that this instrument is still too much the neophyte to open itself to questions since that is the format used by Ra. As the instrument grows in awareness, this precaution may become unnecessary. Well, here we go. Here's the thing. Um, it has nothing to do with the banishing ritual and people chanting around Carla and you know doing all this um, magic thing around her. It has all to do, you see, the opportunities for the Orion entity are completely dependent upon the instrument's condition of awareness and readiness. So if it's Carla's will to say, oh yes, all this chanting and all these rituals and whatever they're doing, I'm not saying that they chanted, but I'm just adding in more elements to exaggerate it so you can see it. All of this means nothing to Carla's will because if she would open herself and say, Okay, I feel fully protected. Now I can channel Ra and answer questions just like Ra does. Which is what she hoped in the beginning uh, when she first had this attack. Um, then, um, yeah, she would be um, open for attack. So Ra says, we would suggest that this instrument is still much the neophyte to open itself to questions since that is the format used by Ra. We only do it here, you know. Don't uh, don't attempt to do it with your own will, because you will be deceived. You're too much of a neophyte there. As the instrument grows in awareness, this precaution may become unnecessary, just to be open to questions and answers. So that was the situation going on then. Let's go on. <laughs> Some people are gonna like this. Question 16 says, Don, is it possible to over-energize the instrument with sexual energy transfers? Oh my God, what's the answer? Ra says no. So there you go. You may indulge in sexual energy transfer, which is not the same as indulging in sexual appetite. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, you gotta be, um, you gotta be honest with yourself. What's going on? I mean, I'm talking from a perspective of a very sexual, um, avid person, okay? I, I experienced this throughout the majority of my life, and I still experience this strong desire for sexual, uh, um, yeah, transfer, tra transfer is the best word, you see, because at least from my perspective, it's, it was always about giving that pleasure you know given that 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 energy such a beautiful energy sex is just marvelous you see so i had a, a strong bias and still have of giving that 
that pleasure. You see, so it, there is an energy that is given there. However, I recognize that in the majority of my um, my sexual life, it was guided by this need, which I don't fully understand, nor do I need to, but it was this need for, um, you see, there's nothing wrong with doing anything, but when you do it, let's say drinking, there's nothing wrong in the spirit of alcohol, <laughs> you see, but when you use it to um, lessen down because you're bored or because you feel like you're depressed or you're what sad or whatever, that's probably not a good idea because you're going to become dependent on it. You see, that's exploiting your passions. Um, you don't do that. Otherwise, you get caught there. I mean, you can, but you'll be caught. Same with sex. And I I recognized that I was there. You know, I was thinking about sex so much because I was, I'm going to say addicted, but I was passionate about it. Let's use the word addicted. And, you know, you, you become to respect it and enjoy it when it comes. Then sex becomes even more enjoyable than this urge and dissatisfaction that you may have because you want it so much, such a sexual drive. So again, energy trans sexual energy transfers, uh, it's not equal to just plain having sex. It's pure sex of energy transfer, which is love-based, has to do with the heart, has to do with giving and dissolving yourself in unity with the other person because you do an orgasm what do you feel you don't feel there <laughs> you're not there you're somewhere else actually you are yourself there it's just that your personality dissolves so yeah i hope that's helpful um that's it i have nothing else to say question 17 um i don't know if this is the last one i believe it is yes uh, this is the last question, so it's going to be a long one though. Don says, why is there no protection at the floor or bottom of the banishing ritual and should there be? So Ra says, this will be the last full query of this working. The development of the psychic greeting is possible only through the energy centers starting from a station which you might call within the violet ray moving toward the adept's energy center and therefrom towards the target of opportunity. Depending upon the vibratory nature and purpose of greeting, be it positive or negative, the entity will be energized or blocked in the desired way. Okay. Ooh, here's where I come consciousness over mind. So I'll wrap it up with that reflection at the end. However, first let's go into the digestive state of this answer. It's going to be a long one. So what's the premise? The premise is that they did the banishing ritual. Now I remember the banishing ritual because I looked it up one day. Uh, the first time I read it was here in the Law of One. So I looked it up and said, let me see what this is it, what this is about. Like I said, I am not keen with rituals. I don't like rituals. It just look kind of uh, 
I don't know, just like religious language it sounds a little eh to me. Rituals looks eh to me. Um, nothing against it, of course, but just me. I don't like it. But I remember, you know, it's like a pentagram thing that they do. Uh, and then they do from all four sides. Then they do something else. But they don't do anything on the floor. Right? So that's what Don is saying. Like We protect everything, I guess, above your head and all these things. Um, so what about the floor? Well... Ra is going to get into very deep metaphysics stuff here. And I'm going to say I'm not qualified <laughs> for this. I don't think anybody is. Um, maybe somebody is. I don't know. But this is some deep metaphysics and how it works. But fortunately, I can play with this. Yes, I can do that. And I will play with it myself. You know, I can play with it the way I know it, the way I interpret it. And that's all you get here in this channel. Nothing too advanced. So Ross says, uh, the development of the psychic greeting is possible only through the energy centers starting from a station, which you might call within the violet ray. So it's not in the violet ray. Actually, it is in the violet ray. It's not across the whole violet ray, which is a study in and of itself, but it is within the violet ray moving through the adept's energy center, that would be to me the indigo ray, and therefrom towards the target of opportunity, which would be, of course, the energy centers. What makes up ourselves, or what we think we are. You see, there's a radiation of the energy centers outward, and that's what we call the personality. That's why our personality always changes, because our consciousness of the energy centers changes, and so we become blocked, activated, overactivated, crystallized, so on and so forth, right? So that radiance, that is the personality, changes. Now this is important because we think we are this personality. We're not. It's like the sun thinking it's the rays. You see, the sun is not the rays that it emits. The sun is not the light that it emits. The sun is really this, if you want to use scientific terms, this nucleosynthesis that is happening at the core of the star right that's what the star is the star is just this explosion of light that's what it is but it's coming out of this space if you see there is space between atom atoms you see uh, two hydrogen atoms get together right but the electromagnetic forces tell them um, nope we can't get together you know, we're just there. And then the pressure is so big because so many hydrogen atoms, they all get together. They're so in love with each other that they compress themselves and they just want to have sex. You see, speaking of sex, that sex is the same thing that happens within the star. The hydrogen atoms, they collapse or implode within themselves. The protons get together, they kiss, they become helium. And then more electrons come together and start buzzing around. It becomes an orgy of <laughs> elemental particles. That's what the sun is. It's release. It's the ejaculation of space, if you will, in the form of light. Huh? What is in, in between the proton and the electron? There's only space. Oh, but saying it's only space, it's just a matter of speech. It's everything. Space is everything. And so once this collapses, 
boom, the release of this energy is light, is photons. That's the birth of the creation. That's what the sun is. I don't know why I got to that point, but the point is that this, what we radiate, is the same thing. But that, let's not confuse ourselves with the radiation of these energy centers. However, this is important to understand how Orion or any negative entity does its work. Uh, you're going to see consciousness over mind soon, I promise. So, all right. Ra says the violet ray moves through the adept's energy center, right? This is the, uh, not the violet ray, uh, the negative, the psychic greeting, the psychic attack goes through um, the violet ray and then to the the suggestion. You see, the negative entity is making a suggestion. It's not making changes. They cannot do that. They can suggest certain changes. And the entity, the creator, manipulated says, oh, okay, I'll do that. So it does it through the violet ray and into the violet ray, uh, indigo ray, violet ray into the indigo ray. So seven to the six. Depending on the vibratory nature and purpose of greeting, be it positive or negative, the entity will be energized, blocked into the sire or blocked into the sire way. Okay, we're gonna explore this a little bit more. Um, that only means that depending on the vibratory nature of the purpose of greeting, it could be positive or negative, right? You can have an influence. The influence can be of manipulation or inspiration, negative or positive. Then the entity will be energized by inspiration or blocked by manipulation. Okay? Don't think about yourself here. Think about dynamics. I don't want you to think about you being blocked or there is no you there is only energy you're only perceiving energy just like the sun is looking at its ray and say light okay but i'm not the light i am this thing going on here this uh, nucleosynthesis the creation of new elements within myself that's what the sun is okay it's a forge of elements oh i get so passionate about this okay so, there's more to say, and Ra says, We of Ra approach this instrument in narrowband contact, narrowband contact through violet ray. Uh -huh. Others might pierce down through this ray to any energy center. We, for instance, make great use of this instrument's blue ray energy center, as we are attempting to communicate our distortion understandings of the law of one. Ah, so now we get into more metaphysics. You see the dynamics of metaphysics. So what happens here? Ra is explaining as an example that they come through the violet ray, much like the negative entity as well. Now others might pierce down through this ray to any other energy center that they want to block or inspire or um, energize. So they say we, for instance, make use of the blue ray. So they they kind of make use, they are using the, the blue ray energy center for communication. I mean, what else can they use? They cannot use, um, they would use the indigo ray if they were to inspire Carla, but no communication outward. They would need to use the blue ray energy center. So that's all they're doing. They're moving that. 
they move her vocal cords and so on and so they communicate they their vibrations are able to come through the blue energy center because there is a match as we have explored before more to this Ross says the entity of Orion pierces the same violet ray and moves to two places to attempt most of its non-physical opportunities it activates the green ray energy center while further blocking indigo ray energy center this combination causes confusion in the instrument and subsequent overactivity in unwise portions or proportions in physical complex workings it simply seeks out the distortions pre-incarnatively program and develop in incarnative state ah perfect i can draw this beautifully in your mind right now so we know that ra gets through the violet ray and goes straight into um the blue ray energy center okay why because ra is simply communicating the law of one right is that what they say they say yeah to communicate our distortion understandings of the law of one perfect so that's what ra does what does the orion group does or the orion entity they do the same they go through the violet ray and they move to two places this is their work this is their their mischief with carla bear in mind that this is with carla it activates the green ray energy center ah how do they do that love how do they do that we'll get to that while further blocking the indigo ray energy center hmm. why would they do that what why we'll see this combination causes confusion in the instrument and subsequent overactivity in unwise proportions in physical complex workings <laughs> perfect it simply seeks out the distortions pre-incarnatively program and develop in incarnative state i'll explain this it's perfect and beautiful okay why is it so perfect and beautiful because in carla there is an overactivation of the green ray energy center well that's a program pre-incarnative program and of course super develop in the incarn incarnative state right so the orion entity goes there and says hmm let us activate more this green energy center remember when we talk about um the overactivation of green ray energy center and how that's um that's deleterious to some people because right now everybody wants love we gotta give love spirituality it's all about love so you gotta open your heart overactivate your heart and all of this well that leads you to unwise uh activities that's what it does why is it unwise because you're skipping your blue ray energy center so this is what the orion entity is doing it's going straight into the heart to overactivate it and at the same time blocking indigo ray energy centers why the indigo because this is the balance place this is where you measure your activity in green ray expressed through blue and you balance it no polarities non-duality 
is the indigo ray. So this is the workings of the Orion entity. They overactivate that which is pre-incarnatively um, chosen, which is the activation, right? That's what this, it simply seeks out the distortions pre-incarnatively programmed and developed in the incarnative state. So whatever it is that there is a, uh, a distortion, a, a preference, again, even within the heart or the blue energy uh, center, etc. Whatever it is, it will try to do that. Now, you may be coming back to yourself and saying, oh, what's happening within myself? Are there entities doing this? Well, this is where consciousness over mind comes to put an end to the argument, to the mental conflict that you may have with all of this. How many entities are working on my energy centers? Oh my God, I'm so scared. We'll get to that. Final paragraph though, and Ra says, the energies of life itself, being the one infinite creator, flow from the south pole of the body, seen in its magnetic form. Thus only the creator may, through the feet, enter the energy shell of the body to any effect. The effects of the adept are those from the upper direction, and thus the building of the wall of light is quite propitious. Propitious means uh, oh, like appropriate or um, beneficial, I guess. I only know it because in Spanish, propicio is a word, and I know it's the direct translation of it. Actually, that comes from Latin, but never mind. Um, propitious means that. It's, um, it's appropriate. It's um, beneficial. So, the energies of life itself being the one infinite creator. This is the answer to Don's question, again. Uh, comes from the South Pole. Now, the energies of life itself. What is this? It's prana. See, prana cannot be altered by anybody. It can only be altered by the creator. <laughs> uh, being the one infinite creator, flow through the south, from the south pole of the body. This is just, again, it's not a cardinal direction. It's just simply the way in which we perceive metaphysically ourselves. Ourselves, we perceive as first existing being, that's the root chakra, and then everything else that I won't explain because you know it already. Uh, enter the energy shell of the body to any effect. Thus only the creator may through the feet enter the energy shell. So the influence of the creator is the one that's coming through you. In other words, the creator, what you really are, is this, this thing going on without any sort of influence. Forget about inspiration and manipulation, none of it. I mean, you can always look for inspiration, you know, that's the, that's the compass of the creator, the fool, right? The archetypical um, mind, the Tarot number 22 or zero, it's the fool. It's the creator going and saying, I trust life. That inspiration is my compass, whatever it is. And if that brings me to disaster, then that's it. That's okay. It's all fine. So the effects of the adept are those from the upper direction. Now, who is the adept? Well, that would be the personality, but the personality that is shaping itself, or let's put it this way, the student who is uh, pursuing enlightenment, which is 
again, it's another foolish activity because <laughs> uh, the path to Nirvana exists, but nobody to travel, to travel it. Enlightenment there is, but nobody to attain it. Or Nirvana there is, but nobody to attain it. See? Um, and so the adept is again, it's just, it's the final focus of the creator as a personality to dissolve in its own being. Ah, it's just beautiful. I can create poetry out of this. Um, so yeah, that's why there's no need for protection because you, it's the creator only flowing there. And yes, mind, this is all mind. See, when you analyze all of this, you realize that this is simply mind. It's activity. It's the flowing of consciousness that we call mind, the thoughts, the images, the experiences, and all of this. This is just mind. Now, what is consciousness here in this regard? Consciousness is what perceives. Consciousness can be um, equated as the North Pole. See, the South Pole is just mind moving. And you just see it as it is. You don't judge it. You don't get stuck. You don't cling to things. You just allow things to flow. So consciousness being at the North Pole, right? Ra says, the crown is already upon the head, making the entity potentially a creator or a god, I think Ra says. So consciousness prevails over mind. You see, it's not that one is more than the other. They're both one. <laughs> consciousness and mind are one. They're not separate. It's not that one is better than the other or whatever. It's just consciousness, just you being conscious. It's all that is necessary for this life. If we get caught up with our mind's activity, then we are susceptible to infringement, to manipulation, to even inspiration, of course. It's all part of the game. So we, we must accept that there is both manipulation and inspiration in our lives as adepts. But never forgetting who you are or what you are. You are that I am, that feeling of I am without anything else put on top of it. That's what you are. That's why consciousness over mind is perhaps, it's not that it's more important. It's just that in our society, we haven't paid attention to it. And so I have a bias towards it because it's, it's a 99 to 1% kind of thing. It's been forgotten somehow that we are conscious and the power of being conscious of everything is just lying there, it's potential. 
and every time I get the possibility, especially within the loaf one, I'll talk about it. But that's the end of my talking today. Conclusions. Uh, I think the most important thing is what I just said right now in this um, in this session, or at least in this video. Um, I don't think I have much to say, only to remind you that. Um, you see, it's, it's not about um, rejecting your mind, rejecting who you are. Oh, that personality. I'm not that personality, so I won't. Um, now I need to fight against my personality and become this blank state. <laughs> no. You need to love everything that you are. You know, love that darkness, love that beautiful light, whatever it is that you have, whatever you want to call it. Love everything that you are. Appreciate it. Only then can you appreciate everything else. If you're not, if you're unhappy with yourself, that projects outside or outwardly. And you have to be happy with what is. That is without any sort of influence, neither inspiration nor manipulation. And you can use inspiration always, but inspiration is not really what makes you. Let me give you an example. Um, I'll keep using uh, training because that's what I use for a while. Uh, but you get inspired to lift weights or run a marathon or something to that effect. Improve your times and sprints and whatever it is. Um, you get inspired. And inspiration is beautiful because it's that spark. But after the spark, you may be left with motivation. And motivation is nothing. It's just a little extension of the inspiration. So what do you do now? Well, after your motivation is gone, and inspiration is no longer there because it was just a spark, what's the fire? What's the, the, the energy that continues on with whatever direction you had? It's discipline. And discipline has nothing to do with inspiration, nor with manipulation. You're not forcing discipline. You're not being inspired to, uh, daily to be disciplined. You're just disciplined because that's it. That's what you do. And you enjoy doing it. You don't meditate because it's good for you. You meditate because you enjoy it. That's discipline. You don't discipline your way into meditation. Uh, meditation should be a, a delight. Delight. And with that light, I come to the end of this. That's all I got to say. I appreciate you staying with me for the hour and change that I always take to simply blah blah here with the loaf one. Hopefully some inspiration went your way and that's all I can aspire to do. I thank you. We're almost done actually with book three and book four is on the horizon already. It's actually closer than the horizon, it's almost there. Session 73 is the next one. I love you, my other self, and I'll see you then in session 73.